Sorry for the interruption. Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Our podcasts keep community strong, and for the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Happy listening. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel. You're listening to 3CR, and uh, this is our focus on the Australian film industry. And today we're very happy to be talking to Alec Morgan, who is one of the uh, people who have made a fantastic film called A Blaze, which is a perfect film to be talking about because of uh, National Sorry Day, uh, as well as um, it being about a very important First Nations warrior, uh, William Onus. Hello, Alec. How are you? I'm good, Annie. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, well, I was going through your uh, resume, and it's very impressive. Uh, I remember the fabulous film Lousy Little Sixpence. That was oh, a thank you. Yeah. yeah, fantastic film from 1983. So your journey with uh, the uh, important messages from in, uh, First Nations people in Australia has been long and uh, uh, in illuminating. Yeah, thank you. Yes, um, yeah. I, I mean, in a way, Blaze is sort of a companion piece to Lazar Little Sixpence. Um, in fact. Um, and some are relatives uh, of Bill Onus are in uh, Little Sixpence, Auntie Geraldine Briggs and Auntie Margaret Tucker, who were also um, fighters alongside uh, Bill Onus in uh, you know, the long campaigns for justice and equality. The um, desire to, write, uh, to do documentaries and to talk this story... Uh, as early for, I mean, this is a story that, of course, First Nations people have been living for 200 years or longer, but uh, the uh, white population has dressed this whole story up with uh, uh, hypocrisy, really. Uh, we're doing you a favour type of stuff. Um, it's, uh, how did you actually get involved in making a film like Lousy Little Sixpence? Uh, uh, well, I'd worked with Essie Coffey, who was the mm. first uh, Aboriginal female director um, back in 78 with my survival as an Aboriginal. Uh, I sort of adopted into Essie's family. I was travelling up there doing theatre and, and was working with the uh, community at Brewarana, the Aboriginal community. 
Um, so, uh, and that, and with Martha and Sarah, who, who's a filmmaker, um, we all got together to make that film. So, um, some of the knowledge that I got for Lav's Little Sixpence and the children being taken away um, came out of, um, I used to go around and interview elders, and particularly women, uh, for the community, and the story kept coming out about you know, um, kids being taken away. And when I went to read about it, there was nothing written. <laughs> As you probably know, and you know, very little knowledge, uh, not even the word existed at that time. So it sort of grew from there. Um, and and it's interesting, uh, in Laz or Sixpence, what you were saying before about uh, whites sort of saying that they lifted Aboriginal people up and, you know, they've, they've done a great service to them. I think in my films, and with The Blaze particularly, I wanted to um, show the importance of resistance to what were uh, white laws, state laws, that were actually attempting to destroy um, Aboriginal communities, language, culture uh, as a group. So I think it's a very important part of history um, from my point of view that the resistance what is the thing of why we've got today, um, you know, the wonderful art movements out the Western Desert, for instance, or the music and the filmmaking and the community centres and, and a vibrant um, Aboriginal culture today. It's because of those old fighters who said, no, we're not going to allow you to destroy us and stood up to it. And Ablaze really is about one of those people. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's quite extraordinary because, of course, uh, the, um, what is it, the uh, people who steal other people's culture and their land always propagandise and uh, it, it's like the oppression of women as well. Uh, if you take it into yourself and believe the lie, then their victory is total, isn't it? Yes, yes. And the fact that it wasn't total really uh, the credit for not being total because, you know, there was federal governments who for many years had that as a policy and state governments had it as a policy. And the fact that it uh, it was defeated is all credit to those uh, Aboriginal fighters uh, who stood up to those laws and said, no, we're not going to accept them. Now, William Onus is an extraordinary person and your film is so beautifully put together. Uh, it's quite understated because some of the things that uh, you're talking about, his life and the things that hold it together, are actually quite horrendous. And I was really taken by this deft, uh, gentle uh, revelation, like for example, when you're talking about, just for example, uh, talking about the walk off in uh, the Pilbara, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you just say it quite clearly that the Western Australian state government made it illegal for a First Nations people to not work as slaves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, that's, that's really the, the, the history. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean those people like Bill was charismatic, but uh, even Auntie uh, Margaret Tucker was you know, a very gentle person. But the gentleness, you know, defies the sort of depth of um, 
what, what should I say, the depth they had of knowing what the white uh, officials trying to do to their culture and communities. And, and they come from a background too, of course, it's colonisation of fighting against uh, the attempts to destroy uh, communities. So um, there's a quietness to it, but, um, you know, um, what do they say? Is, uh, they, 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 they walk quietly but carry a big stick. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and and the start off of this film is, it's sort of like an Ashmolean moment. I remember I went to Oxford and I went to the Ashmolean and I... Hello? Yes. Yeah, and I realised that the Ashmolean is built on the notion of objects uh, as the touchstone to history, right? You know, it's an idea. It's yeah. not... A, not, you know, everyone, this is what this museum was about. And in a way, this film is about a cultural artefact, isn't it? A modern cultural artefact from an, a First Nations person. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and we, as you can see, running through a blaze is that idea of culture. And, and of course, um, Bill, you know, the, the cultural object we found was the piece of film, silent film. Uh, which contain you know enormous amount of cultural history. Um, it's quite amazing that you know um, I was approached. Of course, you know since I was all six months, I've worked on a number of films, mainly in in, in archive uh, history. Um, and I was approached by the National Film and Sound Archive, uh, Simon Drake, who asked me to look at this piece of footage that had been in the archive for you know quite a long time. They didn't know where it came from. There was no sound. And I immediately, upon looking, recognised Bill Onus and his brother Eric and, and other people as well. But it fascinated me. But, you know, as you can see from a blaze, that this nine-and-a-half-minute piece of footage happened to hold so much history and particularly important um, cultural history as well. So it was quite a remarkable find, really. And then you start with... Um uh, Tariki Onus, who yeah. is Bill's grandson, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And who um, is also an opera singer, extraordinarily enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the talent seems to be in the family um, quite strongly, but I, I, I live in Sydney and Tariki lives in Melbourne, of course. Um, but when I didn't know much about it, I, I contacted Tariki, who I, I knew of, but I didn't know him. And I said, look, you know, about this footage, do you know anything about it? And he said, no, he'd never heard of that piece of footage. He'd heard the story from his father, Lynn, that um, Bill had made movies, uh, definitely, back in the 1940s particularly, and um, that they got lost in a caravan fire shortly after Bill passed away in 1968. And um, But Cherokee said there were rumours that some of them might be still out there somewhere, um, although no one, no one had ever found them. So I took it down to Melbourne, and he was sort of nearly fell off his chair when he looked at it because the first shot shows one of his relatives in military uniform just after the Second World War marching down the street. A what turned out to be, which uh, Auntie um, Alma Thorpe recognised when we showed it to her, was Fitzroy in Melbourne. Um, so Gore Street. 
Gore Street, yes. Which is Sorry, it's Street. just that we're right in the middle of this. We're, that's where yeah. we are, this station. I know, I know. It's incredible. And, um, of course, you know, uh, her story about growing up and, um, and uh, Fitzroy we use and the tough times there. And, of course, Bill was there and she knew Bill when he was there with his brother, Eric. Um, yeah, so that... So the story is really about the unfolding of how we, you know, actually tried to find whether Bill made this film and who worked on it and and sort of unfolded the story from that. And we decided to work together. Um, I, you know, I said, let's, let's make a documentary on it. And, um, yeah, so that was over six years ago and now opening today in the cinemas. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And it's such a fantastic, uh, discreet, as I said, beautifully put together film. Uh, it uh, travels the path of the story. Uh, for people who know the story well, um, it adds extra information because I do know this story. I, I mean, I was brought up in Warrnambool and I can remember the deafening silence in regard to uh, First Nations history. In fact, it was so deafening that when I got older, I actually went to find out more information um, because it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, that's all part of the change of uh, uh, understanding uh, the outrageous, um, what's, uh, what outrageous things had happened. But one of the things that I found really fascinating about A Blaze was this thing about the dominant uh, white male uh, European um, uh, ideology that we that oppresses uh, was trying desperately to write Bill out of history. He was actually a, quite a extraordinary. Um, he, he he managed to do quite a few things that should have changed uh, the situation. I mean, he was a really clever fellow. Wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's beautiful to you know unfold more about Bill because we knew something of Bill, but not in that detail. And many other, many other things we uncovered in making the film about Bill. Extraordinary life. I mean, one thing after another. He, he never gave up, and he and he immensely talented person as well. Um, so it was it was always quite exciting. Um, to see, uh, you know, Bill, what Bill was up to. And, and, of course, he went through all those frustrations and, you know, setbacks. And he was one of the first um, Indigenous Australians who was survey, under surveillance from the uh, Commonwealth Investigation Service, which was the forerunner to ASIO. And ASIO took his file on. So he, he wasn't as if it was an easy ride for Bill. But the fact is he never gave up and, and um, never gave up the belief in what he was fighting for. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the fact that he was able to mount a major uh, theatrical performance at the Princess Theatre is actually quite extraordinary. I mean, that's a really big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a Melbourne story, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's, you know... Um, yeah, the uh, first ones he put on. Um, uh, yeah, he, yeah, and he had all those talents. And of course, he was a showman himself with the, the boomerang. He was recognised as a, a, you know, quite a showman and had travelled for a number of years. 
Um, yes, it, it's quite extraordinary all that. that, that um, and the play he put on with the new theatre, which was in the film. Yep. Um, I mean, that was really intriguing to see a group of Aboriginal performers uh, and, you know, a stockman on the stage coming and wrapping a chain around two of their necks. And I immediately thought, where is this from? You know, this is... Uh, something I've never seen on footage before that such things existed. Um, and, yeah, he, he was definitely had a... You know, there are many other things that Bill did that we didn't, you know, quite get in the film. But um, it was a very much a life of, of, acti- of, of activism and belief in what he was doing. Oh, you're a very uh, accomplished uh, writer of scripts. You've been doing it for decades now. And uh, looking at your resume, uh, your personal uh, work, you, you also got an academic um, background as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this, what when I was uh, looking at this film, uh, and like I said, I do know these stories, but I did learn other things as well. About the new theatre, for example, I know people who were in new theatre and uh, how important the connection between the communist uh, uh, people. And I mean, in fact, didn't Bill actually marry a leading communist? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mary. Mary was a yeah, member of the Communist Party. He was a, a live wire as well and a big supporter of Bill throughout her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, all these streams running through the history of Australia that uh, is common knowledge to uh, some people, but obviously isn't common knowledge to people in general, uh, comes across in your film in a very palatable way. Have you had a lot of interesting responses to this film? Yeah, uh, it's been fantastic response to it. Uh, I mean... You mentioned the putting it together and the editing. I must give great credit to the Tony Melbourne Stevens. editor, Tony Stevens, who you know was just fantastic. Um, and it took a lot longer than we imagined. We had so much material, but we we really we discovered, and I think um, that the younger generations, to not talking about um, indigenous younger generations. Uh, but, um, you know, didn't know a lot, yeah. I assumed they would. And I thought, you know, they'd all know about Charlie Perkins and the bus, you know, Freedom Rides. And, and there was a whole group of students who was do, doing, starting to do Indigenous studies who were very enthusiastic. Um, and uh, and I did a talk to them, and they just didn't know anything and, and were very keen to learn. So... Cherokee and I, both being education people, we really wanted to point out uh, for a new generation, possibly you know the older generation might know some of it, but for the new generation to point out historical um, events, such as the fact that there was segregation in Australia. We, we took our time to make sure that we explained what was going on for Bill. What was the context that Bill lived in at that time? And not overlook that because he was having to deal with the fact that, you know, a time he lived in was when if you were, if you were 
Aboriginal and you were travelling along the road, you could be pulled over by the police and told to go back to the mission. So we felt for a new generation as well, we needed to be careful and not assume that people knew Australian history. And a lot of people have come up and said how much there's material in there they never knew anything about. And um, So, yeah, we were careful with that. Because uh, I think Cherokee and I have talked about a lot about, you know, the importance of history. I mean, the major importance of history is that we can look at the past and learn the lessons of the past. But one of the problems, um, and it was also my approach with Lousy Little Sixpence to be clear on that one as well, um, one of the problems is lack of knowledge of the past. So we can't really make good judgments and value judgments going forward if we don't have any knowledge of the past. And Australia, as you know, Annie, um, as you've experienced, is very, you know, has this kind of willful amnesia about the past. It seems to be stubbornly resistant to facing the past. So we see ourselves as people to bring knowledge of the past, to bring what is important is to bring knowledge of the past to the generations today so that when something will come up like a referendum of why there should be Indigenous representation to federal parliament, then they'll have a background to know why that has happened historically. So we put it in that kind of context. Yeah, well, it's, it it works really well, and it's also very, like I said, very deft. You know, you don't. Uh, it, it's very uh, useful filmmaking, I'll have to say. Uh, the other one that was really interesting was the place of fringe dwellers. These this language and um, how the uh, the um, uh, external visual of poverty. Or say, looking at to say Russell Drysdale's pictures of people sitting in the dirt, that type of thing, how the visual is uh, made clear, uh, the political heart of the visual is made clear in your film. Do, do you know what I mean? Like oh, the thank you. the fact that people left their land and became yeah. fringe dwellers is a hugely yeah. powerful political statement. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the Kamaragunja walk-off people. I mean, and and you know, they were the they were the first in Australia to do that. And of course, major leaders came out of that strike too. I mean, which we didn't, you know, we we focused on Bill, but there were other leaders and significant people. And, and Doug Nichols, of course, came out of that. Era now, that was too. really interesting. I I didn't understand Doug Nichols well. Uh, your film made me understand him a little bit better because I'm a little bit ir- irreligious personally. Yeah, yeah that sort of... Uh, I mean, when you... I mean, uh, Doug... Um, uh, Bill and Doug grew up together on Kamaragunja and um, I think Doug got more recognised because of... Um, he, he was a bit more presentable in a way mm. um, and Bill was sort of not, you know, was, was sort of cut out of history because of his radical views, if you like. Um, but they were very close. And yes, um, to his great credit, Doug Nichols did some pretty amazing things. He was he was like Bill. He was an activist in those uh, areas, um, you know, quieter than Bill and probably more acceptable than Bill. But uh, yeah, he, he did a lot of things too. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, fascinating film. And, and before I let you go, I was really fascinated with the tying up of the ends. Uh, whose decision was it to go and show the piece, um, uh, the uh, film, yeah, the last piece? Yeah, well, because, um, you know, that play, nobody, we went over to Pilbara, of course, to sort of see if anybody, you know, had heard of the film or, you know, um, and the communities there at Warralong. And um, and so when we went over there to talk and film about the strike in 1946, it became clear that, you know, part of the film structure was to tie up something that Bill had made the film. It disappeared. He intended to get it national release so it could be in support of the strikers and yet it was broken, um, you know, vanished before that could happen. So the end of the film really became an idea quite early that once we knew everything that, you know, to take the film back into screen to the community would complete that circle that Bill began. And, um, yeah. So well, because the response it... was great because the old fella did a song in response yeah. to the film, which was so great. Yeah, yeah, lovely Bruce. Um, Bruce is a major, uh, he's a chairman of the language uh, group over there, a uh, lovely guy. But, um, yeah, it, w- it was very emotional, you know, that connection finally being made after well over 70 years. And it and it sort of links in with the theme running through the film of, you know, broken culture and, you know, putting the pieces back together of the past in a way. Um which Bill was doing as well, which was reviving, you know, certain aspects of culture which had been trampled on and, you know, ripped apart during colonisation. So it was, again, it was, you know, making connections, cultural connections and tying up that that had been left um, asunder. Anyway, I thought that was great because I wouldn't have even thought of, of doing that and it was a... It was something that uh, made me uh, think more about storytelling. I thought it was a really neat oh. uh, conclusion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I, thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah, very, very interesting. Tell people, because you've got to go now, um, yes. uh, we've both got to go now, uh, tell yeah, me uh, when uh, when people can see it, because the blaze is really something right. people should put on their diary and go and see. All right, well, I'll tell them. Should I tell the Melbourne people? Yeah, yeah, tell the Melbourne people. Hello, Melbourne people. Love you. <laughs> yes, it's definitely a Melbourne film, and everybody in Melbourne should go and see it. So it's at the Classic Cinemas at Alstonwick. It's at the Lido Cinema in Hawthorne. Cameo Cinema in Belgrave. Oh, that's gone. Uh, Cinema Nova in Carlton. Yep. Now, that's, that's starting today, and it's got three sessions a day for next week. So, um, yeah, the Palace Cinema's Kino in Melbourne. Yep. So, um, yeah. Lots of opportunities. So, so I reckon, the, you know, Palace or Cinema Nova, um, check. The best best thing is for people to go and check the websites nowadays, and, you know, get the tickets online and check the dates there. But, yeah, definitely I think for anybody living in Melbourne, it's such – I mean, it won the Victoria Premier's um, History Award too, because it really is a Victorian Melbourne film. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautifully so, put together. It's, it's absolutely beautifully put together. Oh, thanks. I'll pass it on to Tony. He's 
great to work. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, fantastic editor. I've worked with Tony a number of times, and he's and he's just fantastic, great editor. Thanks for talking to us today, Alec. Oh, pleasure, Annie. It was so great. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Bye. Bye. Yeah, and we'll go out with uh, Black Fellow, White Fellow, fellow a Jimmy Little version, and uh, coming up next is Published or Not. Black Fella, White Fella, it doesn't matter what you color as long as you're a a true fella, as long as you're a, a real fella. All the people of different races, with different lives, in different places. It doesn't matter what your name is. We got to have lots of changes. We need more brothers if we're to make it. We need more sisters if we're to save it. Are you the one who's gonna stand up and be counted? Are you the one who's gonna be there when we shout it? Are you the one who's always ready with a helping hand? Did you enjoy listening to this podcast? 3CR is a community radio station, and you, the listener, are part of that community. Right now, it's our radiothon, and we need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donation really matters. Help keep community strong for another year.